Hello and welcome back to Somehow. We've made it to week four of Cheltenham Only Better. I can't believe where time has gone. And I'm once again joined by our regulars, Jerry McGrath and also Daryl Carter. We haven't got a guest this week, so no pressure, guys. We have got to get this right. We have no one here to help us. Um, we're going to be looking at two races again this week, the Ballymore and the Brown Advisory. So um, two races that will be run on day two of the festival. And uh, a few things to mention before. Now, fun. this is this has really made me chuckle. Jerry, you're going to like this one. I've just arrived at Bedford Lodge. I've got an event um, in Newmarket this evening. And in my room, there's a little toy donkey, right? And it says, my name is Duke the Donkey. No need to go to Tattersall's for a thoroughbred. You can buy me at the reception instead. <laughs> so Jerry, who is obviously king of goths is going to absolutely love the fact that the Bedford Lodge is selling donkeys and advised us not to go to Tassels and said that really sort of made me made me chuckle um good advertising (laughs) uh, before we get stuck into the races um we've had a bit of a disaster the last week or so um not an awful lot to discuss so four horses that ran over Ireland the last couple of weeks um, that I wanted to touch base on. So we'll start with, excuse pronunciation, we've all had a go at this already, <laughs> Romilier, um, who won first time over fences uh, recently and was impressive enough, short short price, six to four, um, and uh, interested to know both your thoughts. Daryl, let's start with you. Yeah, I thought he was uh, pretty straightforward. It's something that he hadn't really shown over hurdles. He looked a little bit awkward um, over the smaller obstacles, but here he jumped very fluently. Um, he actually looked like he had a bit of pace here, which, again, he didn't show over hurdles last year. He was obviously well beaten in the Albert Bartlett. I think he beat a good horse in Tenzing, a stable mate. Um, that horse is very unexposed. He's improved. I mean, he did absolutely nothing over hurdles, but he actually ran um, a very a close third, I think it was, to uh, Jerry Colomb on his previous start of offences. So he's a horse that's probably going to want a bit further, National Hunt type. Uh, but Romilly's, yeah, um, lovely horse, lovely jumping performance. I don't I don't know where to go with it, really. I don't know if you should be, you know, excited about it, but it's a performance to be positive about. And uh, when he's always had faith in him, I think they said they was going to trade him in, I think his words were, um, if, if he didn't start the show. So I think so good for him that, he, that he's got off the mark. And uh, it'd be interesting to see where he goes next. Yeah, they, they couldn't split them really in the market. Obviously, two Willie Mullins was taking each other on. Um, Romilier was was six to four, but Tenzing, like you say, was actually the favourite, five to four. Um, Jerry, did you have much of a, an opinion on, on this victory? Um, I just thought it was interesting. Like like Daryl said, he he probably not slow, but at the same time, he brought the track for 250 days. He was a bit keen, a bit fresh, but I do actually think this horse will be better going up and trip. I, I actually think this horse could end up being kind of a national contender whether it's an Irish national, English national, uh, down the line. You know, I do think, like, he's, he's by Shan too. He's from staying pedigree. I think we're going to see the best of this lad the further he goes. It was a nice chasing performance. I don't think we can read into the race too much. Uh, but I, it was a nice... He jumped very well. That was one thing I took from took from it. A uh, nice starting point. And I just, like, it's just, I suppose, Willie Mullins, he's a very privileged position. He's got so many good novice hurdlers and chasers. Um, you know, I suppose ideally he might have start, started this horse off out over two and a half, but he went straight over three miles. Trip wasn't a problem. Put the race to bed nicely and jumped very soundly. He's been put in at 12 to one for the Brown Advisory. I don't know if either of you think he'd, he's likely to sort of go that way. 
Yeah, he could he could be harsh for the four miler as well, couldn't he? You know. Yeah, it's have to have sure though, isn't it? God. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, I agree. Um, another horse from that day who I think is obviously worth mentioning for a couple of reasons, really. Liberty Dance. Um, obviously ended up being Davy Russell's last ever ride, a winning ride, which was which was brilliant. Jerry, we'll start with you. I mean, Davy, what an absolute legend. Yeah, massive, massive character. Um, both in the saddle and out of the saddle. Um, I think no matter who you are in the industry, you always said you've always heard Davy Davy Russell tell a story, and he's very good at telling stories. Uh, just a great character, good all round fella. Uh, I did think that was very noticeable when we interviewed Gordon Elliott yesterday. Um, like like Gordon said, he was a brilliant jockey, brilliant pilot, but like I said, as a as an individual, a great character, great person, and um, yeah, I suppose like they said, he's kind of one of the last real kind of. The, the last kind of the, the, the last generation of the, the elder jockeys, you know, of your your Noel Feely's, Ruby Walsh, Barry Garrity's, Tony McCoy's. He was one of the last of that kind of gang. And yeah, I think he'll be massively missed, but he's heavily involved in the, the breeding side of the industry. And the, no doubt we're not going to have seen the last of Davy Russell, that's for sure. No, I definitely won't hear the last of him. He's the, no. he is the legend, like you say, character and not not one short of telling a story or two. Daryl, actually on the performance of Liberty Dance, um, what did you think? Yeah, I thought it was good. I thought she'd come on a, a fair bit from her seasonal return, uh, where she was behind uh, Magical Zoe. Um, she's reverse form with, with one or two in there in this performance here. She won fairly comfortably. Um, I'm not taking a, a strong view, to be honest, on the uh, or, or a po- too much of a positive view on the, the Irish man novice form at the moment. Um, uh, the, the race magical Zoe one, uh, it was such a slow finishing uh, finishing speed. Um, there were horses in there like magical Zoe who were slightly flattered by their winning performance. There's a couple of horses in behind on that on that performance that you would expect to go and win next time. Model Kingdom being one of them, Nikini for Willie Mullins being the other, um, and this uh, and this mare here and this Philly mare here. Um, yeah, look, it, it was a good performance, but I mean. Everything's being cut for Cheltenham, isn't it? But I, I wouldn't be looking too keenly on, on, on the performance of the Mayor's Novice over in Ireland at the moment. She's going to have to step up a bit to have a yeah. real sort of shout in the Cheltenham races, in your opinion, then. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, OK, we'll move on to Punchestown. Thankfully, delighted that actually went ahead. Um, obviously, I think everyone was was keeping everything crossed that we could see some of these um, top-level horses out again. And obviously, we can't go without talking about Galapanda Champ who, interesting to hear what your thoughts are, two and a half miles, is that his optimum? Where are we going to see him go next? Daryl, what do you think trip-wise? I, I don't think he'll have any trouble getting the, getting the Gold Cup trip. Therefore, saying that, I also don't think he's a, he's a real dour, you know, look, look your old Native River type of Gold Cup horse. Um, he, last year, when he won at the Dublin Racing Festival, he ran over two miles five. Chacon Paul ran on the same card, right? And he would have won the champion chase with the time that he did on that circuit that day. Uh, so he's got stacks of speed. Um, here, Even here, he was 15 lengths faster than appreciate who we touch on in a moment. Uh, um, but it, but from three out to the line, you know, there was he did it very easily. Of course he did, but it, he wasn't. He wasn't like going away in terms of the clock on appreciate it. I don't think he'll have no trouble. Just he, this year, he's just been able to settle much better. Last year he was very free. I like the way they dropped him in. And when you got to about five out, he just really just started getting into a lovely rhythm. And, and he's got a massive stride on him. You know, it reminds me a bit like Alaho, you know, these type of horses, Lahon Presse, another with a big, big stride on him, uh, Brave Man's Game. But when they get into this rhythm, 
Um, they're very, very hard to sort of catch and to to knock, and and they gain so much ground at their fences. Galloping the Champs is one of those, and um, I, you've got to be super excited about him, regardless of where he goes. I, I genuinely think that, that they are going to go to the Gold Cup with him. I think that's their aim this season, and uh, he's a rightful favourite. Whether seven to four is short or big, I don't know. I wouldn't want to lay him. <laughs> Jerry, what do you think? Is he a, is he a Gold Cup horse, or like Daryl says, is, is he got that sort of tactical speed that would be better for a Ryanair? Um, I suppose the honest, my, I suppose my 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 first impression that he is a Gold Cup horse. I thought that was just you could not have got a smoother performance yesterday. Just the way he jumped, he travelled. I just like Paul Townend's interview afterwards. He said he went out there and he wasn't. He kind of he was a bit fluid with his plans. He was he'd have been happy to make the running if he needed to, but likewise he was happy to take a lead. I just loved the fact that he went up past the stands at first and with a big loop in his rein. Whereas last year they kind of they made the running. They didn't force him, but he was just a forward going type. He's obviously just settled a bit down a bit. And for his first run of the season, I just t- do not think you could have asked for a better performance. Um, like, to be fair, Fakir Dudari, he's a, I, I love this horse. He's a solid two and a half mile. I know he's a grade one winner, but I do think he's a proper solid grade two horse. And yeah. he's just, he's made light of him. You know, to be fair to Fakir, he looked like he was going to give him a race for a second turning in. But Paul, he hadn't, like you said, he hadn't even started to go through the gears at that stage. And I just thought he was, he was very, very impressive. And, I, I do honestly think we saw the, the Cheltenham Gold Cup winner yesterday. Guys, do you just because you two have ridden horses and you and you know and you get the feel of horses when so for example, Galloping de Champs knuckled on landing last year, as we know, um as, as a novice. Does does that can that leave a mark on a horse, even though it wasn't a, a heavy fall? Can they remember that and can you feel that as a jockey when you're riding? I think that's for you, Jerry. You've got a lot more experience over obstacles than I have. Yeah, I, it's, it's a very valid question, Derek, for sure. And I can see what you mean. But no, I wouldn't I wouldn't read too much into it. It's one of those, he went out the next day. At, like That happened to Chatham, obviously, last year. He went to Fairy House afterwards, didn't he? And he won. You know, he didn't think about it too much that day. And no, like if you get a horse that, you know, might just have a bit of a soft temperament or whatever, they might just worry about it. But these top class horses, they're top class for a reason because they, they, yeah. they'll go into the red for you. They'll try their heart out and they'll give you everything. And no, I, I wouldn't worry about that at all, to be honest be interesting to see i mean i personally think he kind of got better as the year went on obviously excuse that mishap at cheltenham um complete freak thing that happened that day but i just felt as if he warmed up and got better as the as the season went on so if he does that again um then we we have a pretty mega horse on our hands that's for sure um and also at punchestown you mentioned him briefly daryl appreciate it now is it fair to say that this horse is or has been basically the talking horse because has he actually kind of lived up to the expectations? I mean, for me, I'm not sure. It'd be interesting to see what you think. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of with you on it. Even on this performance, I mean, he did absolutely nothing wrong. I mean, the guys on RTV, I think, were getting a little bit overexcited about about how well he jumped. I didn't think he jumped particularly that well. Um, it was very novicey in places, but it's what you would expect from any sort of novice. Um, just look at him as, as, a, as, a, as a whole and as a sort of a stature. He, he, he looks a class above what he was racing against, which he was obviously on his chase debut. He's that type of horse. He's a big stuffy horse. I, I'd expect him to improve for the run. Um, but yeah, you're kind of right. He, he kind of is a little bit of an underachiever at, as of yet. Um, and I'm not extremely excited about him going forward for the arc. And, and I don't know why. Maybe he just leaves that sort of lukewarm feeling on you, whereas opposed to a galloping to Champs kind of gets you a little bit revved up and a bit excited for the season ahead. Um, mm. I'm really not too sure what to make of him, Meg. 
Yeah, he, a, f- a funny horse. I think if he hadn't have been talked up so much, possibly you, we wouldn't be saying he's an underachiever. If he just went about his races and, and there wasn't all the chat, then you know, yeah. you'd know you probably be slightly more impressed. Um, Jerry, obviously his jumping looks like it could sharpen up. Do you think that he is really a two-miler and is going to go for the Arkle, take Jumbon on, or do you think we could see him stepping up and trip? Um, just kind of back to appreciate in his defense I do think if you look at his actual race record and time off he's had in between races he's obviously a fragile horse which you know we can't blame any horse for being like that so I do think I know he's been well like to be fair he did I know regardless of how strong a week the supreme was he did win by 24 lengths you know he yeah. absolutely romped and like since then like after the supreme he hit a year off then he came straight back to the champion one run and he's had probably nearly 300 days off again so I do think he's very fragile um, as for his jumping, I do I can see what you mean. He was novice, but that, that's why these horses have these prep runs, isn't it? I just did love the way they were really trapping down to two out. It was two out of the last? I think it was two out, and he just got in tight, but he didn't do anything stupid. Like a real novice would have let fly, come up early, land in the middle of the fence, or even put in a short one. He was just very clever. That's what I really liked about it. Um, luckily for Paul, he was still on the bridle and still traveling nicely. But I agree, I would like to see this horse stepped up and trip as well. I do think he'll probably he could have is that because you're quaking in your boots with your John Bomb bet? <laughs> <laughs> Not one bit. <laughs> I I actually agree though, Jerry. I, I, I think I'd like to see him him up and trip, and I wouldn't be surprised if if he does. Um be interesting to see what, what direction they go, but um, sometimes these two mile hurdlers, like you say, he's a big gross horse. Sometimes as they mature, they do want a bit further. Um, so interesting on those. Unfortunately, we haven't got an awful lot left to talk about on this week's racing because we've had no racing. Um, quite simply. Um, just quickly before we move on to our two festival races, um, Jerry, I just wanted to ask you um quickly about obviously the changes with the wet. Um there's obviously chats going on now. Do do you think we'll be able to wait until after Cheltenham? Do you think it's a total disaster? What's your opinion on Jose? Yeah, well, I suppose, like Paddy Brennan said on TV last week, the timing a month before Cheltenham isn't great, but it's one of those, if it's going to come in on over jumps on the flat at the same time, there's never going to be good time. You know, do you wait till after Cheltenham? Then you're, mm. you're you know, you're into the middle of the flat season when the flat leads have already kicked in. I, to be honest, since since I've retired, it's probably it's probably something I haven't been too worried about. But um, you'd probably be more involved now, Megan, to be honest, with with Kevin and stuff of where they lie with this whole situation. But I do, I I do think that this backhand thing is not great, and I know it's easy to just jump on the bandwagon and say that now. But I think everyone's kind of criticizing the jockeys for only speaking out now but i think it's the fact that when they've had that kind of the last two or three weeks when the stewards have been pulling them in after races and kind of giving lads kind of pretend bans as such i think it's really hit home that this is going to be causing a lot of issues and like a lot of the rest of the world at the moment is striking when we've got a problem i don't think we want that and that's the last thing we want so hopefully it can get resolved beforehand and hopefully no lads stay sitting in the wing and refusing to come out riding in races which would be a total disaster yeah, I, I really hope it, it gets sorted and discussions take. But I, I think we have brilliant representatives, but I, I would really like to have some sort of strong opinion laid across or laid over to, f- from the jockey side because I, I just think it's been a little bit willy-washy in a, in a respect. And, um, you know, if, if the jockeys feel really strongly that it's not a good thing and it's going to be a problem, and then the jockeys' representatives need to stand up to that and not just bow down to, to, to sort of 
the BHA and, and whoever else, I think they need to put their foot down a little bit and sort of let their opinion over properly. I think it's been sort of undermined a little bit, but I could be here all day talking about it. Um, Daryl, do you want a quick line? You look as if you've just got a, a, something you want to say about the whip. Well, it's, I think you've just got to say it as it is, really. I mean, it's it's an absolute joke that this is even happening. You know, the, the focus from the BHA really should have been on the punishment for for going over the uh, the, the already um uh, the rule for breaking the rules that are there instead in set already. What you're doing, to be honest, by... don't, don't you just think that if you go over you, you're disqualified? Simple as well, that. Yeah, and yeah, like no severe. Does, yeah, exactly that. In France and in in Germany, um, you know, if 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 for example, other countries have different different numbers, but say it's five and and you hit it six times, well, you're out. Yeah, obviously exactly. over here we're seven and eight flat and jump. If you hit it one over, that's it. And then the jockey, it just wouldn't happen. I think, yeah, I, 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 that's exactly my standpoint, Meg. And and I think the, the bloody annoying thing is with the BHA doing this, they, what they're saying is there's a problem with the stick, right? That's what they're saying. Whether, whether anyone likes to admit it or not, that's what they're saying. So we want to use it in the backhand so that the force is reduced. So they're basically saying there's a problem with a stick, right? And it really disappoints me because people like me, I go to the race course and I talk to these people in boxes and I make the effort to try and educate people as you do, as Jerry does, as all of us do in this sport. We continue to try and educate people on the use of the stick. It's in the forefront of our minds. Um, but the BHA have basically just stamped on anyone that's trying to do that and admitted that there is an issue with the stick. Now, the people that are against racing, just quickly, um, they've, they've been given a little foot in the door here. Right. And I'm telling you now, this is the start of an avalanche. This is this. The whip will not be in this game in 10, 15 years time, because this I is think by that the point, start. there'll be no racing at all. Unfortunately, if we start bearing down now, it's only a matter of time. But it's exactly. But that's exactly what the BHA do. And quite frankly, in my opinion, I've been I've looked through the profiles of those at the top of the, at the top of the um, board of the BHA. I don't think. In, not just in this area, many areas that they're fit to lead at the moment. I think they're the uh, they are the weakest leading governing body of any elite sport I've ever seen in my life. And the fact that you like you just said they're bowing down now, you give an inch, they're going to take a mile, and uh, something needs to be done about. It. And I hope all the jockeys do do strike or stand up for us. Well, like you say, I think now that they've kind of said that there's a problem, then we're sort of on a slippery slope. Yeah. Um. I, I don't think there was an issue in the first place. I I think the old saying don't fix what's not broken is um is very much true here but anyway we'll see what happens um we better chat on the two Cheltenham races um otherwise we will literally be here till tomorrow talking about whips and problems and the BHA um so we'll start with the Ballymore um and uh, uh look we've got loads of horses in here that kind of have only had one run or, or two runs we don't really know um where they are or aren't going but the top few in the market at the moment probably give us a bit more sort of realistic indication. The favourite at the moment, Gaelic Warrior, we obviously saw him put up a massive performance on his return. I mean, I don't think we learned an awful lot other than the fact that he was alive and well and probably beat nothing in behind. Um, do we think, obviously, he's, he's, a, he's a proper... Proper Cheltenham horse, Daryl. What's your opinion on him? Yeah, yeah, I think he's a proper horse. That's all right. I, I, um, I certainly do. He reminds me a little bit of a horse um, uh, owned and trained by the same same connections as Get a Bird. I don't know if you remember. Kept jumping out to the right on a left-handed track and was great going right-handed. This lad, um, 
even going right-handed the other day, he was he was sort of like coming down to his hurdle. He was sort of still drifting to that right-hand side. I'm kind of a big believer that you can't really iron that completely out of a horse. And I think at the top level, those just those half lengths that you're going to lose when you do that. In his case, last year in the Boodles, it was very significant how much ground he was losing going out to the right. Now, you can upgrade the performance given how close he got to the, to the eventual winner um, because of that. But he will not get get away with it coming up against a, a proper horse. I actually really like that Grange Clare West. I think this is a this is a, a proper animal. Um, he's won a won a point to point, won a bumper, and now won his maiden hurdle at Navin. Uh, we touched on him a few weeks ago, so I won't spend too much time on him. But he steamed up that hill. I love the way he uh, was big and bold at a few, but then really just settled into his race. Um, he came away from what I think is going to turn out to be a pretty useful field at Navin um, in good style, all underhand and heels and. Uh, I can't see him going for the Ballymore. He's getting the Lawlers and Nace at the beginning of January. Uh, I think Willie's won that seven times. I think three have gone to the Ballymore. The two that went to the Albert Bartlett uh, went because they had unbeaten stable mates. One of them was Fahim, um, who actually ran in the Ballymore. So I think they sort of took second president. Um, I think when this lad wins the Lawlers and Nace, I think he's going to be right at the top of the tree. So, so, uh, so you think he will go for the Ballymore or won't? Yeah, I think he will. I think he'll be the Lord's and they come straight here, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Um, obviously, quickly just say Gaelic Warrior was um, clever from, from Willie Mullins and team to keep him as a novice for this year. I think that's um, that's important. And, you know, I, I think that that's sort of a valid to make because the, the fact that he's, I know he's inexperienced, but the fact that they wanted to keep him a novice for this year gives him a, an extra chance at Cheltenham before going into open company. Um, Jerry, we'll ask you about one of the English runners, Hermes Allen, who won the Ballymore trial at Cheltenham a couple of weeks ago in pretty impressive fashion. Um, what was your thoughts on his performance? Um, very, yeah, very impressive. Uh, to be honest, when he won around Stratford, um, I kind of thought, oh God, it was a weak race. You know, things like that. He was probably a bit flattered. But obviously then the second horse of Richard Bandy's came out and bolted up the next day as well. So the form worked out well. Not saying the second horse is a superstar, but, you know, it just the way the form did work, it was better than kind of the form I'd expected it to work out. Um, what I think very interesting about Hermes Allen is his rating of 142. For a novice, an English novice to be rated that high this early in the season is very, very rare to me. I don't, I can't, I don't, like I'm not, I'm not a, a stats kind of guru you're probably much better than that than I am Daryl but like at this stage like if a horse is winning novice hurdle at the moment is getting 133 134 I can't remember the last horse that got 142 so early in the in his novice hurdle season which obviously bodes well because obviously the handicapper thinks he's a very very good horse um obviously Megan you can give us a bit more light about him um so yeah, I, I think he's a very interesting horse. He's definitely a horse I wanted to speak about. And um, the other horse I'm going to have to bring in after today's performance again, and a horse that I loved at the sales last year, was in the pocket of Henry Bromheads and JP McManus's. He obviously won the Grade Two at Nace today. A uh, bit of a messy race when they turned for home. There's no hurdles up the home straight, but this is an extremely talented horse. He was a very impressive point-to-point winner. He made plenty of money at the sales, and he's a horse I've been keeping an eye out for. Um, he made his his hurdle debut today, and he was very very impressed. Or his second run today, and he won at Wexford. The third horse came out and won since. But yeah, he 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 won his um his Grade Two very impressively today. I thought you know he was was thirty three to one. Yeah, before. it'd be interesting to see if we can get 
uh, his current price up after that. But there is absolutely no way in hell. I'm sorry, Jerry, but even if you choose him at the end <laughs> of the show, there is no way we're letting you away with 33 to 1. He was worth a try. Absolutely no hope. Um, okay, so we've got a few as well here that kind of trick. We're a bit unsure. Daryl, Irish point, he got beat by Marine National last time. Obviously, that was at the highest level. Marine National could potentially go straight for the Supreme. Do we think Irish Point is the type to go for the Supreme or maybe step up in trip for the Ballymore? I think for now, he's probably probably a two-miler. Um, I think it, um, it, a lot of these will run uh, to avoid opponents, you'll find, um, down the line. But I think for now, it's worth keeping him over two miles. Um, it, it was a, a well-run race at Ferry House in the Royal Bond. But he was just outstayed on the back after the back of the last, and uh, I think keeping him at, at two miles for now looks the, looks the sensible option. He's only going to be five when he gets to to the turn in the turn of the year, so uh, plenty of time to go up and trip. But uh, I'd expect him to stay at two miles. I think with plenty of these horses sort of running over the Christmas period, and depending where they go, trips results. I think we'll see the market for the Ballymore sort of cutting up a little bit, and and sort of we'll be looking at. Um, hopefully a more obvious lineup. Um, I know myself that uh, Hermes Allen will be going to Newbury um, for the Chalo Hurdle, so be interesting to see how he gets on there. Um, m- mainly an Irish-dominated race, is it fair to say that? Do you think, Jerry? Yeah, yeah, at, at the moment. But like, I do agree. There's like, there's a lot of horses here. You know, um, even from Henry de Bommet's point of view, like he's got Arctic Brazil, he's got in the pocket. There's loads of horses, yeah, but we're still not confirmed what trip they're going to be running over. And you know yourself, with these strength and depth these Irish stables have, they're not scared to run two or three in the same race. They just have to because they're going to have so many good ones. Um, so, yeah, I just think it's one of those races, as it is every year, you just we're undecided really of what's, I think everyone's undecided what's going to go where at the moment, you know. Willie's got this by the absolute nuts, isn't he? <laughs> Yeah, like it's one of those. If Fasel Vega wasn't around, would Gaelic Warrior be going for the Supreme? Would he be favoured for Supreme? You know, it's it's one of those. It's yeah. I know I agree. I agree about his jumping and stuff like that. He's given away half a length at every hurdle, like he did last year. Uh, but like, if it wasn't for Fasel Vega, would Gaelic Warrior be going to for the two miler? It's just, it's interesting. It's well, it's a nice problem to have for these big. They'll stables. probably <laughs> have entries in both, won't they? And they'll decide yeah. probably fairly late on. Just you know, God forbid anything happen, but you just got to keep your options open. Um, Daryl, I don't know what you're on about, honestly. Just have faith in the British. We'll be fine. No. Uh, <laughs> faith's gone. If, right. if anyone can, your dad can put it that way. Yeah, let's let's stick with that. I like that line. Yeah, if anyone can. Right. Um, <laughs> next, we might as well move on to the Brown Advisory. Um, again, similar kind of situation. A few of these have only had sort of one start recently over fences and a couple have potential options. Um, I'm going to start with Jerry. Bally Griffin Cottage, 12 to 1 at the moment. Dan Skelton Yard, who have obviously been in brilliant form. He was very impressive at Haydock. What did you think? Yeah, for sure. You know, definitely he was, um, it was a nice, that was that was his debut over fences, I think, that day, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, he'd run ahead and ran since uh, Cheltenham. Yeah, I thought it was a good starting point. Um, team won by 10 or 11 lengths. He was very impressive on the day. Small field. We didn't probably learn a whole lot on that. He jumps well and he put the rest to bed very, very easily. Um, 
but yeah, it's a tricky race. I'm, I'm like, we've a lot of horses there that are still like the legs of Tree Stripe Life. He's a horse I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up running over three miles. I know he unseated the last day. We can't look too much into it. But again, a bit more recent form journey for me. Obviously, won today at Nace as well. Won very impressively over two and a half. He's a horse that I think will we'll see the best. And again, the further he goes, son of Mahler. Um, so yeah, I do. It's, it's it, there is it is wide open. I don't have a strong opinion on anything yet um I do you think valley griffin cottage having previous festival form you know I, I know he didn't win at the festival but he was placing the albert bartlett wasn't it last year i mean yeah. surely having that form already is sort of a boost maybe over a couple of the others yeah exactly he wasn't that far behind manila, manila cocooner who obviously is probably well up there in the betting at the moment, even though he he still has to win his novice, his his uh, beginner's mm-hmm. chase. He was second the last day, but it was a good starting point for him. But yeah, I know I agree. You can't be track form. Um, and obviously it'll be interesting to see whether McFabulous, whether he goes two and a half or will he go three? What's what, what was that a sort us? of question? <laughs> what, 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 what that was a big question. Yeah. I it'll be interesting. He's obviously going to Kevin, that's the plan now. Yeah. Personally, <laughs> I don't think a stiff sort of three and a bit at Cheltenham is necessarily what he wants at the moment because he has got a bit of speed. I would not be remotely surprised to see him avoid Cheltenham and go to Aintree because he's won at Aintree previously and, um, you know, Dad's not afraid of doing that if it suits better. Um, and I I just I just don't feel like a stiff three-mile at Cheltenham is going to necessarily bring the best out of him. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he avoids and goes straight there. I would be much sweeter on Giulino Bello who they're t- totally different types of horses um, but Giulino Bello I would be sweeter than McFabulous in this race. Um, Daryl I don't know if you actually have any opinion on Giulino Bello. I know it's been a bit of a nightmare and that he's ran against one other horse um, in both of his starts but he couldn't have done more than what, what he's been asked really. Yeah no it's not been ideal for him is it? There's been no no fault of, of anybody's had horses pull out etc and um, yeah I, I, do you know what he, he, I just worry about him at the moment, about his inexperience in a in, in a slightly bigger field when he's under pressure and he's really being asked up. Um, a few times he's put in a couple of extra strides and he's gone slightly out to the right. Um, I'm not holding that against him yet because I think he's, in terms of hurdle form, he, you know, he's not a million miles off the top of this market. So, grade um, one winner already. Yeah, exactly. Albeit an entry grade one, um, but <laughs> um, but yeah, the grade one's a grade one, whether it's an entry or whether it's a challenge. <laughs> now, come on. Yeah. Okay. Very true. Um, but yeah, he's he's a lovely horse. I just kind of want to see him. Just I want to see him under pressure in a bit of a battle, and I want to see when Harry or Lorcan or whoever rides. I want to see him come up when he's asked at, at, at a real serious point. Um, just because I've just got slow reservations about him, just chucking in that extra stride and maybe not coming up and being in one with his jockey, if you like. But it wouldn't surprise me. One one, one big effort from him will send him right to the top of this market. Jerry, can I just ask you on that quickly? Do you think that part of that is, you know, when he ran over hurdles, he, he was very straight. Do you think part of that is because he is a little bit idle? He's only had one of the horse to run against. And, like, the first day at, at Weatherby, I mean, Harry Cobden literally refused to leave the other horse's side to try and give him the company. And... He only just won, but, you know, Harry said there was bundles left. Now, when Lorcan rode him at Exeter, it's a different situation. He sort of sent him on. He had a bit of a look around. But from a jockey's point of view, when you've got one other horse in the race, it's hard to ask them, surely, for big, you know, big strides, 
you're not really at the correct pace for doing so. Yeah, like I said, we all we all love a horse that idles and holds a bit back for themselves as long as they're a good horse, which obviously he's won a grade one, so he's proven. Don't get me wrong, there's plenty of times when horses are idle and they don't give you too much, but it's usually because they don't want it and they're no good. So yeah, <laughs> this guy is a grade one winner already. You can't. But the one thing I took from Weatherby, I thought the ground was probably quick enough from that day. I don't think yeah. he let himself down, especially up the straight. I didn't think he let himself down 100% on the day. And to be fair to Harry Cobden, he was cool. And to be fair, it obviously worked out. But for a second, I was worried. But I genuinely don't think he didn't let himself down properly. And then obviously thought it was interesting that he didn't run at Newbury that day. He was withdrawn because the ground went on the quick side and you ran Mac Fabulous. And then obviously it was a bit, it was just like a messy sort of race at... At Exeter, obviously, City Chief just making that bad mistake. I know it was with a circuit, oh, it's a long way out, but it just knocked him off stride for a bit. Yeah. lit up a bit afterwards and stuff like that. But no, I'm, I'm a massive fan of horses being a bit lazy, holding it back for themselves, as long as the ability, you know the ability is there when you want it. Faster run race will help him. And like I said, he's going to, I presume he'll go to Kempton at Christmas now. And um, Well, he, he'll have the entry, but, you know, again, it will probably be ground, yeah. but, you know, mm-hmm. it's sharp track round Kempton on better ground, probably wouldn't see him at his sort of very best so be interesting to see what where he goes he could be another one that could possibly go um for the national what's it called the amateur race national possibly i wouldn't be surprised if he has an entry to consider it he's not a dissimilar type of horse to three under through five oh Um, tried getting your dad to put three under through five in that race last year yeah yeah and he wanted to but the owners were very Mm. keen to go for the brand advisory understandably um so but anyway, these things, these things happen. <laughs> um, right, Jerry, another one, obviously, to, well, why not? We're going to go with you because it's Jerry Cologne. Cologne. So, Jerry. <laughs> yeah, and, and another one of um, of Rob Kors, who are, who are actually having a great time with at the moment. But you'd like, mm-hmm. to, you'd like to think, you know, with if he, if they do decide to run journey for me in this race, whether if they don't, if they keep him over, if they run step him up to three miles, you'd like them to won't run two of them. But like I said, he he won around Fairy House the last time show, wasn't he? He was he jumped to was his first run again. He went off favour. He's well backed. He's only six shows. Still a young horse too, and he beat Willie Mullins horse. Yeah, and obviously the the Tenzing was back in third. He's come out and ran well again since. Um, yeah, good. Like I said, it's it's all a starting point at all these beginner chase just at the moment, especially the ones in Ireland, because you've got good horses taking each other on. And like some of these greater graded are these beginners chase in Ireland. If they were running England at the moment, they'd be, you know, listed or grade three races. You know, it's just the quality over there at the moment's incredible. Um, but you'd like most of these horses, if I just had the one run, you'd like to see him like classic getaway. For me, he still used to like if you ran that race again, like next race, if you ran Mirnella Cocooner and Classic Getaway against each other again, I think they'd reverse the form. Um okay. you know. why why do you think that? I just think on the day, I think Manella Cocooner, I get mixed up mixed up with Cocooner and Crooner, uh, just needed the run on the day. I think he'll come on massively for the run. Uh, classic Getaway is a horse that's always kind of threatened to be a real good horse. And I hope he does because I'm a big fan of Getaway and hopefully they can, he can go on and really fly the flag for the sire this year. But I just wide open for it. And back to what I said earlier, I don't have a massive opinion on any horse in this race at the moment. I'd like to see them all have another run over fences, step up in grade, whether it be a Christmas or Dublin Racing Festival. And uh, maybe this could be one of the races we revisit before the before Chatham for sure. Yeah, definitely. Mm, definitely. I think you know the the novices. Well, all, all you know, a lot of these races are going to be changing closer to the time. Interestingly, that you um, journey with me was again twenty to one before today. Will not be that price now, but be- before um, before that, twenty to one compared to Jerry Colom, who was eight to one. I mean, you know, interesting to the the, the market has them 
quite far apart at, at the moment. Yeah, I yeah, it's all the, sorry, running. Sorry, uh, real quick. <laughs> sorry, you go ahead, go, mate. No, I was just saying, obviously, that's probably just like the fact that, you know, obviously, Jerry had had a run over fences and Journey hadn't prior to today. Mm-hmm. So they'll be much closer to, well, this afternoon, I suppose. It's all the ones by Jerry's name, I think, as well. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> yeah. True. Not 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 uh, heavily raced, but uh, unbeaten. So that, that probably helps uh, a lot. Daryl, is there anything else that we haven't mentioned that, you you know, maybe one that's slightly more unexposed or a, a bigger price that you have a little sort of feeling about? To be honest, not really. I kind of go back to the Albert Bartlett every single year with this race. Normally, it normally transpires back to the Albert Bartlett. But if the Albert Bartlett's no good, then look for something to come out of the woodwork is essentially what I normally try and do with this. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, the horse who could win this, if he went here, is, is Gayard de Mesnil. Um, I know he's I know he's a second season novice. I know he's not got his head in front yet, but I thought the run uh, on the on seasonal return behind uh, Mighty Potter was a cracking effort over a trip too short. But he looks very likely to go for the National Hunt Chase, which is slightly frustrating. Um, okay. I think that this race is going to be blown right open at Christmas. Um, there's a good few races over the, over the Christmas period in Ireland that um, and England that are going to sort of shape this market a little bit more. I, I have no strong opinion, the same as Jerry, and I know that's sad to say on the Cheltenham show, but it's very <laughs> difficult. I don't know if it's if it's stacks of quality, Meg, or it's they're all of the same. There's there's no standout if you if you get what I mean. Yeah, I think it's you know it's hard at the moment. You know, like some of these have, have had their only one run over fences, and um, some of them have had races that have cut up so much that it, it's hard to really get stuck into what they've what they've done. Um, but like you say, Christmas, hopefully all being well, weather is kind, we'll be able to learn a bit more about plenty of these horses. Um, I think that probably is fair to say about both races, actually, as well. Um, and also sometimes that, you know, New Year meeting at Cheltenham can can sometimes give us a bit more information about some of the English horses or Irish horses if they do come over as well. Um, so interesting thoughts on, on both those races there, which, which means that in a minute I'm going to have to get your picks. Obviously, we are still giving £20 to both of you, and I'm going to have £20 as well, um, for a sportsbook or exchange bet, and obviously going towards the trophy at the end. Well, trophy, <laughs> imaginary trophy. Um, after um, Hopefully, I am miles ahead, although I'm usually bloody useless at picking horses, so I imagine one of you two will be winning. Um so, Jerry, let's start with you. We're going to go back to the Ballymore. I think when we discussed it, you were umming and ahhing and you weren't too sure. So, interesting to see what you do with your £20 here. I'm going to go £20 win on In the Pocket. Of okay, Roberts. not at 33 to 1, may I repeat, just so you know. He, you're not, no way. You can tell you're definitely working for that, Megan. You're giving me no value. <laughs> I actually don't know what price, Daryl, can we see what price he, he, he would be able to give him now? I reckon he is, I don't know, you might have to come back to me. I'll give it to Should you we make one up? Should we give him like sort of eight give to one six, or give him Give him 16 to one. 16? I was yeah. going eight. He's got no chance, Meg. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking. You're going first before me this week anyway, Meg, because you keep copying me. Okay. Okay. Yeah, fine. Um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay loyal. I'm gonna go home. Is Alain? I'm gonna go twenty pound straight down. 
Another loss. Um, <laughs> I'll have a 20 quid straight win on Grange Clare West. And just for the record, in the pocket, it's currently 12 to 1 on the Betfair Sportsbook. Right, see, I knew you were being kind. I might have been being a little tight at eight, but 16 <laughs> was way too big. 12 to 1, no bigger than that, Jerry. That is it. 12. He'll be, he'll be a lot shorter now on the day, I can tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, we know where the money's coming from if he is. <laughs> Jerry's going to be a nervous man watching the Ballymore, that's for sure. Um, right, the Brown Advisory. Um, Daryl, let's start with you this time. Um, have you got a straight up decision or are we splitting the money? Uh, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just, I'm going to take a chance. Well, it's not taking a chance, really. It's Manella Kakuna at the top of the market, eight to one. Simply the fact that I'm waiting for this race to break open, but I know he's more than likely going to go here. So, Manella um, mm-hmm. Kakuna. And Jerry? Can I just ask a question? What happens if these horses get rerouted if the horse got two and a half? Do we get to revisit these bets or not? Oh, no chance. You lose your money, mate. It's only post betting. (laughs) Yeah, but to be fair, if we go back onto these races, it'll be actually interesting to see if we look at what we've picked previously, if we change our mind close to the time, if we go back onto some of these races. But if they don't run, obviously, no run, no bet, which means that hopefully we'll have a bit more of an idea when we revisit the race and you might have a better chance at picking number two. Hmm. Okay. With that in mind, so I'm going to go... You don't know whether to be brave or stupid, do you? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm kind of... I'm banking on Henry de Bromhead. Um, yeah, so I'm going to I'm gonna go... Only because I think there's probably more of a chance him going three miles than the other one. But I'm going to go with Jerry Colomb for at 8-1. to Can you give me 8-1? Thanks, Jerry. You sounded like you was doing like some sort of math equation. Then you've gone for the bloody favourite. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do love Journey with me. But I just don't. I don't feeling that Jerry could go three miles and Journey away from me with me might stay two and a half. I'm, I'm not sure. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a chance. <laughs> I, I love it. This is the, these picks are getting quite intense. Clearly, we all want to win at the end. Honestly, that it's getting. We're trying to work this out properly rather than just sort of picking one out of the air which is what i usually do um i'm gonna go bally griffin cottage 12 to 1 the skeletons um and i'm for some reason today i'm feeling like i'm siding with the brits and i'm gonna be loyal and hopeful and probably doing the stupid game which is not ideal but we're gonna be brave and stupid all at once and go with the brits for both races um so hopefully between us because i actually think we've all chosen different horses so between us, we've got six horses to try and win at Cheltenham. Six different ones that whoever wants to decide to steer with us or not, hopefully we've not not put them off anything that they fancied beforehand. Um, but thank you, everyone, as always, for listening. We have Racing Only Better previewing, um, well, I suppose it's not the weekend action because it's kind of the Christmas um, action which starts next week. But that preview will be on Friday. Um, And we won't be back next week. We'll be back after the new year and we will be moving on to some more of our chat and races, hopefully with a bit more kind of information about where some of these horses will go and some some more results to help us. And also we plan to get hopefully a great guest to help us as well, because I'm sure everyone is wishing that there was someone to tell us some real information rather than listening to us Muppets trying to figure it out. Calculators at the ready. Um, So thank you very much, guys. And please remember to gamble responsibly.